You're listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go, a podcast that'll change how you think and change your life. I'm Willie Horton and I'm a psychologist. I've been helping people change their lives since 1996. Broadcasting from the French Alps and delighted to have you along. Let's take this week's step in the right direction. I want you to stop for a minute and reflect. I want you to take a couple of nice, long, slow, deep breaths. And I want you to ask yourself this question. What mood am I in right now? Because we're all in a mood all the time, or we're all, to be more precise about it, in a state of mind all the time. I don't know whether it's still an expression in Ireland, but certainly in the old days when I was living in Ireland, if somebody was misbehaving or if somebody had perhaps had a little too much to drink or that kind of thing, people would look at each other and say, look at the state of your man. And that's basically what I'm talking about here. We're all in a state all of the time. So what kind of mood are you in right now? Just now. Now, it may well be, of course, that having decided to listen to this, whether you're out walking, listening to it, or sitting down or driving, that you are in a slightly different mood than you were in beforehand. So I want you to reflect on what kind of mood you've been in so far today. I also want you to ask yourself the question whether this mood has been helpful to you or has it been a hindrance? Another question, to what extent have you been able to control the mood you have been in? Or to what extent indeed have you let other people control your mood during the course of the day so far? As I said, we're all in a mood all the time. Cognitive psychology tells us we're in a state of mind all of the time. We're in an emotional state all the time. Now, I don't like the way Cognitive psychology uses the word emotion because it suggests that it is something guttural. It suggests it's something real. It suggests it is something that almost just happens us. Now, obviously, if you're standing in the way of an oncoming train and you're in the middle of the tracks, you have a state of fear or actually it's a state of motivation to get out of the way of the train. You know, cognitive psychology calls that fear and motivation, at least in the old days before it began to understand exactly what mechanisms are at work in the mind. Because it isn't really fear, it is the instinct for survival. And that's different to the state of mind in which you find yourself. In exactly the same way, you could have fallen in love last night. Uh, And, you know, when somebody really does fall head over heels in love, it is almost, at least for starters, a helpless situation. I didn't say a hopeless situation. I said a helpless situation. We can't help ourselves when chemistry happens like that. But they're not the emotions that I'm talking about. And therefore, that's why I don't like the way cognitive psychology uses the word emotion or talks about emotional states because 10 to 1 the emotional state you're in right now is not real the state of mind you're in at the moment is not real i know it feels real but it's not real 
in exactly the same way as we've discussed before, that stress feels real. And stress is not real. Stress is something that you do to yourself as a result of the state of mind in which you find yourself, or actually more to the point in which you put yourself. I know, and I want to digress for a minute again, because this is very important. People confuse pressure and stress. Pressure may be real, stress isn't. Stress is the response to me thinking about the pressure I'm under. That is a choice I make. It is something I do to myself. It is entirely within my control to choose not to do it. And therefore, it is entirely within my control to not do all the things to my body that stress automatically does to my body once I have chosen stress. We already know, because we've discussed this before, but a brief recap, it messes with my cardiovascular system by increasing my heart rate and blood pressure and by producing additional amounts of LDL, fatty, bad cholesterol. And it basically turns off my immune and digestive systems. That's okay if you are standing in front of the oncoming train, but it's not okay if you're doing that to yourself, drip by drip, little by little annoyance and frustration by annoyance and frustration day in day out it'll kill you there's a lesson in that that's why i mentioned stress again and that's why i mentioned it is a choice that we have you choose what state of mind you're in so if you're frustrated at the moment it's your own fault if you are annoyed at the moment or angry it's your own fault if you are even mildly distracted, it's your own fault. Nobody annoyed you. Nobody frustrated you. No situation has made you angry. It is what you think about what is going on that gives you this impression of feeling that you are suffering almost from some of these emotions. Now, there are obviously if I can call them, and again, I don't like the terminology because they're constructed from thought, positive emotions as well. You might say to yourself, I'm really doing well because somebody has actually said good things about me. No, it isn't what the person said to you about yourself that has made you feel good about yourself. It's what you think about it. And in particular, in those circumstances, what you think about what we have previously described as the drug of approval. In other words, I don't approve of myself. I'll go and snatch a bit of approval from some passing person on the street. Again, what I'm doing is I'm not allowing other people or situations to heighten my mood or lower my mood. I'm not allowing other people to pull me in one direction or the other. I'm not allowing outside factors make me feel happy or make me feel sad or anything in between those two extremes. What I'm doing is I'm doing all this to myself by evaluating what I think is going on. And that is actually worse than it sounds because the evaluation itself is a thought process. So I am thinking about what I think about what's going on, or I'm thinking about what I think somebody meant when they said it to me. Somebody could have said to me, you're great, with their tongue so firmly stuck in their cheek, they almost amputate. You don't know. It's even worse than that. It isn't what I think about what I think is going on. It is what 
who I think I am thinks about what it thinks is going on. When you're using your thinking mind, normally you're a million miles from the reality of the here and now. And I actually mean that because the thoughts that I use to evaluate me, to enable me begin to think about how I feel about what I think is going on. Those thoughts, in fact, all of those thoughts that I use in that evaluation process are thoughts that I learned when I was young and impressionable. I learned about me when I was young and impressionable. I learned about people like the person who is doing something to me or for me now when I was young and impressionable. I don't know anything about the person who's talking to me, praising me or putting me down at this moment in time, because I categorize them on the basis of people who praised me or put me down when I was three or four years old. I don't know them. So I don't know what's going on. I don't know what they're saying. I don't know what their motives are. All I'm doing is thinking about what I think is going on. And I'm not even doing it. It's who I think I am is actually doing the thinking. This is the process that puts you in a mood. No. I'll actually rephrase that. This is the process by which you put yourself in a mood. And that means that effectively what we're doing is allowing the ups and downs of everyday life to pull our chain. We're actually willingly give the chain to the ups and downs of everyday life so it can pull us up and it can pull us down. And not only will we willingly go with what we think is going on, we'll magnify it. In other words, as I've said before, you might be under pressure at work, but when I think about the amount of pressure I am under, I magnify the pressure and transform the pressure into stress. So the pressure jerked my chain, but actually in the end, I double jerked it myself. I'm my own worst enemy. Or am I? Am I? Now, let's not beat ourselves up either. You're not your own worst enemy. You know, people say to me, oh, I know it's the thoughts that I'm thinking that are holding me back. It isn't. It isn't. It's the way you pay attention to the thoughts that are in your own head that are holding you back. In the neural lab in the University of California in Los Angeles, UCLA for short, you might know it by, by that moniker, has been evaluating what's going on in the normal mind for quite a long time. And the lab reckons that we have 70,000 of these thoughts from which we choose during the course of the day to enable us to evaluate what's going on. The thoughts you have in your head today, roughly 70,000 of them, and, and that's during your waking day. These thoughts fall asleep with you as you fall asleep. The thought, and, and by the way, as an aside, and it's a very important aside, and I think I'll come back to it next week, because your thinking mind and those loud and noisy thoughts, those that clutter in your head, falls asleep as you go asleep and takes a little time to wake up in the morning. That's why we have lucid moments last thing at night. That's why we have some brilliant idea that will change our lives as our head hits the pillow. And by the time we wake up in the morning, we've no idea what that brilliant idea was. Or that is why when we're in the shower first thing in the morning, we seem to get some kinds of little flashes of inspirations or aha moments from time to time. Maybe you don't, uh, or maybe you did and you were so half asleep that you didn't realize. Anyway, that, that was an aside, but it's actually a very important aside. Back to the 70,000 thoughts in our head. So over a period of say 17 or 18 hours, depending on how much sleep you get, 70,000 thoughts are whizzing through your head. 
generally speaking, you're not aware of them because they are the stuff that you are using to enable you to evaluate what you think is going on. As I said a moment ago, so this all happens automatically. And because it happens automatically, and because it's our subconscious mind driving the process, this stuff just happens. And there's nothing I can do about it until obviously I choose to do something about it, which is what we're actually talking about here, which is what all these podcast episodes are about. Well, those 70,000 thoughts that you're using today, you will be aware of some of them sometimes when you feel inadequate or you feel you've just done something stupid or you wonder to yourself, does that other person think I'm as stupid as I think I know I am? You know, we do have a, a, an understanding of those thoughts sometimes, and we, we actually find ourselves tripping ourselves up. But most of the time, those 70,000 thoughts are simply rattling around, enabling us make sense of, the, of, of what's going on today. Now, clearly, on the basis of what I've said, they're enabling us make nonsense of what is going on today. But stick with me on this for a moment. 97% of the 70,000 thoughts that you are using today are the same as what you were using yesterday. And tomorrow, 97% of the 70,000 thoughts will be the same again. We keep using the same thoughts because we learned all the stuff that we needed to learn about how to make our way in the world when we were young and impressionable. We learned it in such a way that we could use it and reuse it, hash it and rehash it automatically from the age of 12 or 13 on, so that we didn't have to worry about making our way through the normal cut and thrust and up and down of everyday life, because we needed to ensure that should a man or woman eating tiger leap from the bushes, it had or would have all of our attention. Now, clearly, that's the way everybody's mind evolved. And clearly, they are the reasons why you're in whatever mood you're in at the moment. But whatever mood you're in at the moment is something that you can change. Yes, as I said a few minutes ago, you choose, for example, stress. You choose whether to feel up or down. You choose whether you feel threatened by what's going on or elated or motivated by what's going on. You choose whether you're happy or sad or anything in between those two extremes. But when you're using your mind normally, using those 70,000 thoughts again and again and again, rehashing them every day, the choices that you make made by the automatic pilot are obviously automatic. So you just keep doing, and you see the longer this goes on, the more inclined you are to believe that this is how your life is and this is how your life is always going to be. In other words, if you wanted to change something in your life, but you failed because of the 70,000 thoughts being rehashed in your head, what you've done is prove to yourself that you were probably right to think that you couldn't change your life in the first place. So you'll settle for what you have. You'll settle for staying in your comfort zone, even though most people's comfort zones are not that comfortable at all. And even if you think it's comfortable, by the way, you ain't seen nothing yet in comparison to the life you could have if you stopped making those automatic choices. Obviously, the word choice immediately suggests there is some action that I can take. And the action that I take has to be taken now. Actually, now. I mean now. That action 
means that I pull myself to attention, pull myself together in the moment, press the reset button, if you will. And I'll explain what I mean by that in a moment. And in this here and now, not decide what mood I'm in, but decide to turn up to the present moment. This is awfully simple, by the way. It might sound a little complicated. It might sound that I'm going around the houses to change or to enable you change your mood. I'm not. This is really simple. When I make my automatic choices, I make my automatic choices, as I said, by automatic pilot, and the automatic pilot does it because I haven't turned up to the here and now because I don't need to. There's no man or woman eating tiger hard on my heels. So I can just make it through the day, muddle through. I can go from one day to the next using those 70,000 thoughts. The reason those 70,000 thoughts are used by the automatic pilot to make that automatic choice is because I'm not here. I'm actually not present. So I don't have to go and change my mind. I don't have to go and change my mood. I don't have to try and change my emotional state. All I have to do is turn up. In other words, you don't have to worry about, oh, I'm in a bad mood. How am I going to lift my mood? Oh, I'm thinking negatively. Should I think positively? Should you end up having an argument with yourself if that was the case? You'd end up having a fight between the positive and the negative you, when in reality, neither of them exists. What actually exists in the here and now is the essence of you, the real you, the energy of you, the gut instinct of you, when you're actually present. When we get up in the morning, most people get up in the morning when, when the alarm rings. And if the alarm rings, you've actually been shocked out of your sleep. So you're already in the wrong state of mind. Your subconscious mind wasn't ready to wake up. Consider the difference between days when you wake up without the alarm and days when you are shocked into your, I was going to say waking day, but if you're thinking the same 70,000 thoughts are almost the same 70,000 thoughts every day, I'm not sure if that could be described as a waking day. It is an existing day, perhaps. Be that as it may. That means before your day gets going at all, you are, I'm not sure if there's a nice way to put this, you are you're on the wrong foot. You see, I could have said that a load of different ways. You're, you're in a bad place and you're in a bad place because having been shocked by the alarm, your subconscious mind will automatically switch on the automatic pilot. If it didn't, you might walk into the wall or you might trip yourself up and fall over in the shower. That's only half true, by the way, because if you turned up to the here and now, you would never harm yourself. Anyway, bear with me for a moment. I wake up in the morning, I'm in the wrong state of mind straight away. And if I don't do something about it straight away, then I'm on the slippery slope of another groundhog day. It is as simple as that. So what I need to do first thing in the morning, or at the very latest before my day gets going, decide to turn up to the present moment. As I said, you don't need to change your mood. You don't need to go to your library of moods and emotions and select something more fitting for the day ahead or, or you know, nicer or more positive. You don't need to do any of that. There's no decision-making process involved here other than the decision of deciding to sit down for a few minutes, empty your mind of the noise in your head, by paying attention to the here and now. And you know what? By paying attention to the here and now, you come into the here and now. You actually become present. 
you end up having presence and you all know what that means. When you meet somebody who has presence, they're attractive. They're kind of the kind of people you want to hang around. You can be one of those people. All you have to do is develop your ability. It's an innate ability to pay attention to the here and now. In doing so, you turn up to the here and now. You turn up to your own life. And in turning up to your own life, you can start choosing again and again and again to be present. I said a couple of minutes ago, and I said I'd come back to it, that if you are not in the right mood now, what you need to do is press the reset button now. And what I mean by that is you need to stop, you need to take a couple of deep breaths, you need to pay attention to what you are hearing and feeling and perhaps seeing or even smelling and tasting. Why do you think people talk about smelling the roses or smelling the coffee? Why do you think people talk about the sweet smell of success? You have five senses. They are your entree into the reality of the here and the now. All you need to do is turn up. So what do you do when you sit down for a few minutes in the morning and pay attention to the here and now? Well, the label that science has put on it and the label that some traditions have put on it for thousands of years is the label of meditation. But don't let that push you off. Essentially, what it is, is an exercise in coming to your senses. It is an exercise in retraining your mind to get back to your natural state of mind, the one you were in when you were young and impressionable, without the impressionable bit. In other words, we're not going to take any more bad stuff on board now that we are in the here and now, and now that we know that we can choose what we take on board, or maybe we choose to take nothing on board and just start living in the here and now. It's what the University of Chicago and the University of Milan call flow. Maybe I'll just turn up to the here and now. So in the morning, you need to sit down for a few minutes, and a few is eight, by the way. At least somebody told me years ago that according to the Bible, a few is eight. I have no idea whether that's true or not. But eight is about right. About eight minutes, seven, eight, nine minutes. You need to sit down and come to your senses. So you've set yourself up for the day ahead. And then you leave the house or then you go on your first conference call or then you get stuck in traffic or then just as you're sitting down to work at home, one of your children pours uh, the milk from a bowl of cornflakes across your uh, laptop and then you're triggered and then you get frustrated and then you get annoyed. And then you press the reset button, then you mini meditate. If you look at my app, or actually more to the point, if you click the link below today's episode, you will find a, a very, very special, never to be repeated offer for lifetime access to the Psychology of Success online program. I actually mean it's never to be repeated because the whole program is being upgraded and the pricing structure is being changed in a few days' time. If you really want to pull yourself together, grab your life by the scruff of the neck and start living your life your way, click that link below. But I digress. It's not an unimportant digression, but I digress nevertheless. When some external force, when some external event, when some other person tries to pull your chain, even if they succeed in pulling your chain, and even if you do become frustrated, stop. Press the reset button. 
for 90 to 120 seconds, you could breathe and just be, or you could rub the palms of your hands along the fabric of your clothing and just be, or you could hear the tweeting of the birds outside. They're tweeting most of the time, or you could even hear the hum of passing traffic. You could even smell the fumes of passing traffic. It's real. It's far realer than the mood you'd otherwise get yourself into, which is only concocted. You need to come to your senses and you need to do that as often as necessary. Because you know what? You will get to the point of doing that when it's not necessary. So you'll get to the point where you'll never go over the edge into frustration or annoyance again. Or almost never. I mean, we're all only human. It'll happen an odd time, but then you'll know how to pull yourself back. But most importantly, you will never stress yourself again. And that undoes all the bad that stress does to the body. Indeed, it has been scientifically proven again and again and again, there's a mountain of research on this, that meditation does the exact opposite to the body to what stress does to the body. In other words, healthy mind, healthy body. And as I say that, it might be dawning on you that your life is in your own hands. Be careful with it. Turn up to the here and now and live it to the full. You've been listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go. To get involved, join me in my Facebook group, strangely enough called To Succeed, Just Let Go. And for more information, visit www.willie-horton.com.